Welcome to the Self-Care 101 podcast with your host, straight-talking life coach, Pooja McClymont. This show provides simple self-development, supporting you to embody your self-worth so that you can live the happier, more fulfilled life that you deserve without burning out. Thank you so much for listening today. Hello, my lovelies. It's season two, episode three. Today, I'm going to explore the connection between our mothers and our self-worth. Now, this isn't a mother bashing show. This is to raise your self-awareness of what part your mother played in you feeling a lack of self-worth. It's to understand why they might have done what they did and how you can now cut the cord and change the story. And when you get a chance, if you're using Apple Podcasts, please can you leave me a review on the app so that other people like you can find the show. I'd be most grateful. I know the connection between my mother and my self-worth, and it has taken almost nine years for me to be able to not react when she does or says anything that might make me regress into child ego state. Now, this work takes time and practice, plus tons of awareness on your part, but I promise, having done the work myself, you will feel so much more free, liberated, and know who you are much better. Now, we all have different experiences growing up, different experiences with our mothers. And as much as I would love to give you all the examples from my coaching practice, I wouldn't feel comfortable to do that to my clients, especially as I continue to have relationships with them. So it's always a lot easier for me to use my own personal example when I'm trying to sort of elaborate or explain a point here. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Now, when I was 10 years old, my mother said that if I didn't lose weight, that no one would marry me. Now, this is my earliest conscious memory of not being good enough. And at that moment, I donned the armor that would basically protect me from the outside world. Because if my mother didn't think that I was good enough, how the hell would anyone else? In episode 40 of my podcast, I go deeper into this journey and how it affected my life as I grew up. But for context, here are some highlights. Throughout my career, I was defensive. I always thought that if I was contacted by my boss that I was in trouble. I never felt secure in my job. I always felt like I needed to prove how great I was. And so long as my superiors were happy with my work, I was doing a good job and I was safe. In my friendships, I was always the confident one, the life of the party, always arranging social events, always picking up the phone, always there for them, but they weren't for me. In my romantic encounters, I never felt deserving of anyone's attention. They only wanted me for one thing. There was no way that anyone could love me, so I didn't let them. If you've seen Sex in the City, let's just say I was aching to Samantha for a few years and it was a lonely place. I couldn't talk to my friends because they would judge me. I hated myself. No matter how well I did in any area of my life, I still didn't feel good enough. And all of these cycles repeated over and over and over from the ages of 10, 10 years old until 33. Now, when I was 33, I had my breakdown burnout, depression. Essentially, I couldn't wear the armor anymore. It was too heavy and I couldn't take it. And what led to the crescendo of the breakdown was that a few years prior, I'd finally lost the weight. I went from a size 22 to a gorgeous size 10. I ran every day. I loved running. And although I'm overweight now, I still am craving to run again. I met my now husband 
He is everything I ever wanted and more, except the rich part. I forgot to ask for a wealthy husband. I'll do it next time. (laughs) I joke. He's the best. This all happened in the same year. I had no idea who this new me was. It was scary and it was exciting all at the same time. I wanted to take the new physical me out for a spin in the world to see how the world that I was so fearful of before would react to me, you know? How would they react to me? And it was brilliant. I had a new silent confidence. I didn't need to be loud. My face, my body, my charms, they all did it for me. And then he went and fell in love with me (laughs) and that just completely threw me off. Now I noticed possessive, codependent behavior emerging and I would fight a lot with him, even though I hated raising my voice. I couldn't get a grasp on my independence. It seemed like it was linked to the old me, my independence, and that the new me needed to hold on to this man because he was perfect. So as I started to fall, I started to gain weight again. I noticed a shift in my relationship with my mother. Now when I'd lost the weight, she was jealous. She was resentful towards me. You know those passive-aggressive comments mums make, right? No one else can see them or hear them. In my case, my dad could see and hear them all too well. And it was beyond hurtful. Like, it was like I was saying to her, look, here you go, I've done it. I'm a size 10, I'm beautiful, I have my own home, I bought it myself, I have an incredible career, I don't need your financial help, I am winning. But guess what? I still wasn't enough. And I knew I wouldn't be enough, even more so because the man I was in love with was a different race from me. Now, I guess that's for another show. (laughs) But let's just say, you know, it was a bone of contention. Now, when I fell, I was supported to take some time away. And I went to Mexico to stay with a friend until I basically started to come back to myself. And whilst I was there, I was treated by a Mayan shaman, my friend's dad. Now, he kept things very simple and direct. I was so eager to have my consultation with him, but he wouldn't see me yet. He wanted me to just be. Now, I did not know what it meant to just be. I had to literally Google how to just be. After about three weeks, he said, okay, let's book in. And he spent 30 minutes with me. He did some physical consultation as he's a qualified um, Chinese medicine practitioner. And he said that, you know, I don't need to worry about the weight gain. It's superficial, basically meaning that it's not, the fat's not around the visceral organ. So you'll lose it once you start being happy again. Then he said, and this was without me prompting him or giving him any details. He said to me, you need to forgive your mother. I was like, well, and in order to do that, you need to connect back to spirituality, connect back to yourself and have compassion for both you and her. Now, at the time I was taken aback, I was like, I was expecting a full on ritual medication, something much more profound, but I hadn't realized how hard this pretty much seemingly simple task would actually be. So I spent the next few weeks journaling, reflecting, meditating, visualizing, trying to understand how a mother who is supposed to love you unconditionally can hurt you so much. And I started linking my adult behavior to the hurt that she caused me. And I realized so much that I had, I had nothing else but to forgive her if I wanted my life to change. So I did. 
And I, I mean, I continue to do so to this day. In a sense, I'm kind of lucky that my choosing to forgive her has changed our relationship. She likes me more. I can be in her company without having a fight and I know myself more. So I can stop myself from reacting because let's face it, I'm the one who's changed, not her. And this forgiveness, I mean, the forgiveness wasn't to her face. This was a spiritual forgiveness. I wanted to break the cycle from generations. So I needed to know in my heart that it was possible and to do it. Now, when I was younger and basically being a pain in the ass, she'd often say to me, wait until you're a mother, then you'll understand. And you know what? She's right. I do understand more now as a mother but still not as much as I understood when I was forgiving her because I had to reflect back to my grandmother and she was someone I adored. But in this reflection, I saw the trait that my mother had brought into my life. So the forgiveness, it basically went a lot deeper. And believe me, when you can't say to your mother that you love her for like over 20 years, it is a hell of a journey to be able to push the ego and hurt aside and reach into the depths of your being and truly, honestly forgive. But I'll tell you this now, it is worth it. Whether you stay connected to your mother or not, of course, look, that is circumstantial and absolutely your choice. But if you can forgive them, it makes your life much easier to live. You learn to nurture yourself and you live a much happier, fulfilled life, only proving yourself to yourself. There's a book that I recommend to anyone who has struggled with their mothers and I'm going to recommend it to you today as well, especially if this episode has struck a chord, you know it's something you want to explore or even if it's something that you never thought was, I guess, an issue or that you would have, you would be contributing your lack of self-worth to your mother. This is a really great place to start using this book. So now the way to use this book is to gain a deeper understanding of the type of mother you've had so that you can raise your awareness of her behavior in a more clinical way. Because when you take away the emotion, it becomes a lot easier to do the work of forgiveness. Now, just before I recommend the book, I am in no way saying that you have to forgive her. Some mothers really don't deserve your forgiveness. But all I will say is remember the forgiveness is not for her, it's actually for you. If you can make some level of peace with the hurt and recognize that you don't want it to affect your beautiful life, then forgiveness is the path. And if you can't forgive, there is still, there's probably still some way to go with this work because it will continue to affect your adult life no matter how hard you try to change things. So the book is called, Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers, and it's by Dr. Carol McBridge. You can get it on Amazon. Now, I've used this book myself. It is easy to read. There's loads of examples, and it's a real eye-opener. But only get this book if you're ready to open the wound and do the work. Now, I want to read some a few things that are in the book that I think would be quite helpful for this particular show, just to give you an idea of what you might need to do to raise your awareness. Now, when you do raise your awareness, you are giving to yourself something that she never gave to herself, and that is compassion. If though you feel triggered by this episode, please also know that you can reach out to me for support for free. 
it's important that I create space for anyone who listens to this show as well. So why focus on mothers and daughters? I want to read something in the book that I think that uh, Dr. McBride really describes this well. So I'm just going to read it from the book. And it's basically why I've changed my focus a little in my practice to focus more on women because of the sheer complexities of our lives. Now, in my practice, I also work with men and the mother-daughter, mother-son relationship is also still something to value and to understand. But the complexities of the mother-daughter relationship are like 200 fold. (laughs) And obviously it's a space that I can relate to because I myself am a daughter, I'm a woman. So that's why I've sort of made that slight shift. But Dr. McBride talks about it in this way. Both boys and girls suffer emotional disruptions when a narcissistic father or mother raises them. A mother, however, is her daughter's primary role model for developing as an individual, a lover, a wife, mother and friend. And aspects of maternal narcissism tend to be damaged, tend to damage daughters in particularly insidious ways because the mother daughter dynamic is distinctive. The daughter of a narcissistic mother faces unique struggles that her brothers don't share. I mean, I've got a brother and I can tell you that for sure. (laughs) Now, a narcissistic mother sees her daughter more than her son as a reflection and extension of herself rather than as a separate person with her own identity. She puts pressure on her daughter to act and react to the world and her surroundings in the exact manner that mum would rather than in a way that feels right for her daughter. Thus, the daughter is always scrambling to fight, find the right way to respond to her mother in order to win her love and approval. The daughter doesn't realise that the behaviours that will please her mother are entirely arbitrary, determined only by her mother's self-seeking concern. Most damaging is that a narcissistic mother never approves of her daughter simply for being herself, which the daughter desperately needs in order to grow into a confident woman. A daughter who doesn't receive validation from her earliest relationship with her mother learns that she has no significance in the world and her efforts have no effect. She tries her hardest to make a genuine connection with mum but fails and thinks that the problem of rarely being able to please her mother lies within herself. This teaches the daughter that she is unworthy of love. The daughter's notion of mother-daughter love is warped. She feels she must earn a close connection by seeing to mum's needs and constantly doing what it takes to please her. Clearly, this isn't the same feeling as feeling loved. Daughters of narcissistic mothers sense that their picture of love is distorted, but they don't know what the real picture would look like. And this early learned equation of love, pleasing another with no return for herself, has far-reaching negative effects on a daughter's future. So what Dr. McBride is basically saying there is what I've just been talking about in my story with regards to how having to please my mother was something that was unconsciously being experienced through my working relationships, my friendships, my romantic relationships. And it's just, it just changes your trajectory. Now, as a mother now, when I'm raising, okay, I'm raising a boy at the moment, but when I'm raising him, I'm very self-aware. And there are times where my mum comes out in me and I have to sort of like check myself and go, hold on, hold on. 
is this the right thing to do? Now, when I first came across this book, I was I wasn't sure about the term narcissistic, so it didn't sit very well with me. And I thought, mm, this is a bit awkward to think of my mum as narcissistic. I don't see her as narcissistic, but I think it's important to understand the definition of narcissism. And something that I will say to you is that narcissism does feel like a heavy definition. And as you read the book, you might get uncomfortable associating your own mother with the words on the page. And look, this is just basically because you are lovely, you are caring, and you are a kind human being. And there is nothing wrong in feeling awkward when you're reading about or listening to anything to do with the mother. This isn't easy work. And I guess my advice to you is this, like I would say to you with a goal, what outcome would you like from exploring your relationship with your mother and how it is connected and affecting your self-worth today? Because if the outcome is something pure, positive, and one that makes your life better, then go ahead and read the book, start the work. But if it makes you feel guilty shame or other negative emotions, maybe it's not the right time to start working on it yet. Now you can only do things when the time is right for you. And as much as any deep level work is going to be tough and it may hurt, I promise you it really is worth it if you want a better life for yourself and those you love. Now, most of us know what the term narcissism roughly means, So, but I'm just going to break it down a little bit here. The term narcissism comes from Greek mythology and the story of Narcissus. Narcissus was handsome, arrogant, and self-involved and in love with his own image. He couldn't tear himself away from his reflection in a pool of water to become involved with anyone else. And ultimately, his self-love consumed him. He basically died gazing at himself in the water. Now, in everyday usage, a narcissist is someone who is arrogantly self-absorbed. Now, self-love or self-esteem, on the other hand, has come to mean a healthy appreciation and regard for oneself that doesn't preclude the ability to love others. Now, the narcissism definition with regards to mental disorders is basically described as a personality disorder, which is classified by nine key traits. Now, if you get the book, you'll see the nine traits. They are very interesting to read. (laughs) So narcissism is a spectrum disorder, which means it exists on a continuum ranging from a few narcissistic traits to the full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. So this is why when you sort of approach the book, the term narcissist might not feel right, but because it's on a spectrum, we're talking about, you know, it could be mild narcissism through to the full-blown. Now, the American Psychiatric Association estimates that there are approximately 1.5 million American women with narcissistic personality disorder. And this is probably very true of the UK as well. Even so, non-clinical narcissism is a more pervasive problem. And I think this is the one that we experience the most. It's the non-clinical because let's face it, for those of us who have struggled with our mothers... I would love to know how many of our mothers have taken therapy or would go to therapy to essentially be diagnosed, right? I mean, I know mine wouldn't. (laughs) Look, in truth, we all have some of these traits and those at the low end of the spectrum are perfectly normal. 
All right, so we all have a little bit of this. So if you can come from that space of compassion again for yourself, for your mother, we all have a little bit, but we're at the lower end of the spectrum. So it's not something that is harmful to us. But as you go further along the spectrum of narcissism, that's when you start to encounter more problems. So if any of that has sort of sparked your interest and you are intrigued to find out more, definitely get this book. I'll say it again. It's Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers by Dr. Carol McBride. And like I said, I think you can get it on Amazon. It's widely available. It's an incredible read for raising your self-awareness. There's some tips in there as well to help you overcome and work through it. I would say that if you are going to go that path of using the book in that self-help manner, that you do it with some safety in terms of having someone there, either a coach, a therapist, or a really good support network, be it a friend or a partner, because it is going to bring up a lot of stuff. Now, I just wanted to close with telling you a little bit about why I've been drawn to this work and really exploring and going a lot deeper now with my coaching practice and focusing on self-worth. There's something that keeps coming up in my mind is that I want to work with strong women. And to be honest with you, I am working with strong women. I also work with men as well, but I know that there is an appeal to strong women because of the fact that I speak so openly about the mother-daughter relationship because I don't really, I don't come across as if I have any qualms. Of course I do, I have insecurities, but for the most part I can handle those. So I'm very, my confidence is true confidence. And my draw for the strong woman is because so many of us who are strong women, we tend to struggle to be vulnerable. And that's because we've never felt safe to do this. We've never felt safe to be vulnerable to share. And if we ever have been vulnerable enough to share, chances are it's kind of slapped us in the face somehow, right? With people not trusting us, not supporting us. Now, this is also me. I resonate. I feel compelled to this work. And I can see that women are being drawn to me whenever I speak about this sort of work. And I therefore know that there is something much bigger at play here that I've got to honor. I can't just ignore it. Now, as a mother myself, I feel even more ready to add this element to my work and to talk about it and to explore it because now I can actually see both sides in a much more congruent way. So I can see what the needs of the child are, even though I've been hurt in my past and to therefore not repeat the mistakes, although not perfect, because you've also got to give yourself some that some of that allowance that this work's not just going to happen overnight and for me, this is an, this has been a nine-year journey. So it does take time to sort of get into that groove with it and feel comfortable and confident. So if this show has intrigued you to learn more and you do want to explore this further, I am hosting a free masterclass on the 16th of March where I'm going to explore the mother and daughter relationship further. You can join this masterclass by signing up on my website. Just go to pujamaclimate.com and right at the top of the website, there's an announcement bar that will take you to the link to sign up. I've also taken this a step further and I've created a program that basically takes you from the lack of worth to knowing yourself. And it's through deep diving into this work of self using the therapies that have got me here today. Now, 
honestly, I can't tell you how much of a game changer I can sort of like see it and feel it being. I've been doing some of this work with my clients. I realized that that is kind of like where the gold is in the work, especially when you're connecting or when I'm connecting with these strong women there's this there's this beautiful transition that happens. We start working together and they don't really talk much. I have to really coax stuff out of them. And then by week three, week four, it's like they feel safe. They let everything out. They share so much. We understand each other more. And I'm able to fully support them in their journey. And I always love it because as soon as we sort of identify that worth is kind of lacking, you know, where, where they don't necessarily feel it's lacking because we, as strong women, we tend to lead with confidence and ego. But actually, when you're starting to do that self-exploratory work, you realize how much worth is linked to everything you're doing and the reason why you're struggling in love and the reason why you're struggling in life and the reason why you're struggling in relationships and the reason why you're struggling in work and why the same things keep happening over and over and over is because at some point you can coast through life to a certain extent, but at some point in life, you get to a point where it's like, hmm, something feels off. I can't keep having the same cycle over and over again. What's going on? I need to explore this. And that's what I've done with this program. It's that moment where you know that something's not feeling right. And we work through what it is and align you to who you are today, who your true self is. Oh, look at me. I'm getting excited as I'm talking about it. It is so good. Head over to the website. It's the program's called Embody Yourself. It's a seven-week program. All the information's there. Send me a message if you have any questions. But I really feel that this is where I'm supposed to be now in my work. I can't tell you how good it all feels. It just does. But yes. And again, if you feel a bit triggered by today's episode, please do contact me. You can email me, DM me, phone me, anything. I'm here for you. Thank you for listening to the Self-Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate and review over on Apple Podcasts so that other people like you can find the show. To connect with me, please head over to my website, poojamaclimont.com and sign up to my weekly email called Pause with Pooja, where I share coaching tips to help you get through the week and improve your well-being. When you sign up, you'll be given access to two self-development classes, one about living and working with purpose and the other about being the leader of your life. And for daily inspiration, please follow me on Instagram at Pooja McClymont. Sending love and talk to you soon.